world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen, coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So start your days with it. Make it your first listen and make it part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, we're talking about a Fun win over the Pacers. Jeremy Grant delivers down the stretch. The Blazers on a second night of a back-to-back go into Indianapolis and get a get an entertaining win. Just a, like a legitimately fun game that they that they won down the stretch because their their best players made plays when they needed them too. We'll do our fastest recap in the West. We'll appreciate Jeremy Grant's a little bit as well as DeAndre Ayton and Malcolm Brogdon. The, the Blazers' young vets getting it done. Uh, and then we'll talk about an identity this team is forming. Uh, they are imperfect. They are not fully formed. But you kind of, you know what they're going to look like on a good day. And they are having more good days than truly awful ones as of late. Uh, that's what we'll do to close the show Let's, let's do what we do, though. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers win 114-110 on the road against the Pacers to improve to 5-12 and and start the road trip 1-1 and after losing in Milwaukee on Sunday evening. Uh, Blazers down 30-34 after one, but DeAndre Ayton had 12 points in the first quarter, and more importantly, DeAndre Ayton took eight shots in the first quarter. A huge number for him. A huge number for him. Get him involved early, particularly again with a team that that is small. Other than Miles Turner, it's like they they don't have a bunch of other size. Um, Da Da getting eight field goal attempts in the first twelve minutes is huge, and the Blazers in that game 30-34 after one, and the Blazers took a lead into halftime when Tamani Kamara hit. A three at the buzzer. They were up 65-60. But Malcolm Brogdon had 13 in the second quarter. You have DA with 12 in the first. You have Malcolm Brogdon with 13 in the in the second. And then Jeremy Grant's going to have a big fourth if you stick with me. Uh, you know, they're they're get they're they were getting contributions up and down the roster. 83 all after three quarters. A, a kind of a, a that lackluster third quarter. The Blazers shot really well again and played really well again. You know, they had 68 in the first half against the Bucks. They have 65 in the first half against the Pacers. Pacers are, um, you know, the worst defensive team in the league. But um, and the Bucks have, have struggled a little bit in that area. But you don't apologize. You go get buckets. And the Blazers went and got buckets in these back-to-back halves. And then they come out in the third quarter against Indiana. And they shoot 30% from the field, 0 of three from three. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Uh oh! Like, is, is, are they going to have another one of these halves where they just shoot, you know, thirty percent and they just can't score? But they get, they get the performance they needed. Jeremy Grant scored seventeen in the fourth quarter. There were five lead changes. The Blazers actually took the lead for good with six and a half minutes uh, on a Jeremy Grant little runner from the right side. But. It was dicey. It was dicey. It was a one-point game with just under four minutes left, and Jeremy Grant hit a, a right-wing three and kind of spread his legs trying to draw a foul, anticipating contact, but still swished the three because he was hot, hot, hot. Um, listen, <laughs> another challenge that went against him. Blazers, you know, from a one-point game, Jeremy Grant hits that three to go up four. They build a six-point lead with about just over two minutes left, and Malcolm Brogdon drives in and smokes a layup. But... The Pacers try to push the other way, and Bruce Brown kind of gets bothered by, by Matisse Thibel. The box score has it officially as a, as a sh- as Shaden Sharp steal, 
Thibel caused the steal. Uh, credit to Shaden Sharp, but Thibel caused the steal. Um, that or caused the turnover that that uh, Shaden Sharp corrals. He corrals it, goes in for a huge dunk. Clock ticking towards two minutes, six point game. He's going to dunk, put the Blazers up eight, and ice this bad boy. It was like one of those possessions where if the Blazers score, they win. Malcolm Brogdon smokes a layup, but they get it back. Uh, Shane Sharp's going to highlight dunk, put Miles Turner on a poster, but Turner blocks it. They call a foul. Uh, uh, Sharp's going to head to the free throw line. You know, just like the game in Milwaukee last night where it's like, great, good defense, but got called for a foul, head of the free throw line. In this in this case, a chance to go up eight. But of course, they're going to review. That's why you save your challenge, why you save your timeouts. They review it. And just clocks, you know, we're just under, we're just above two minutes right now, clock, and they go to the review. And it seems pretty clear to me, it was one of those where it's like, if, I thought if they had called it clean on the floor, it would have stayed clean, but they called a foul on the floor. So when they looked at it a million times, it was like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a foul still. But then they kept looking at it and they talked and they went look back, looked at it again. And I knew when they went back to the monitor that second time, it was bad news for the Blazers. They said it was a clean block, which it was on the ball, but his offhand got, like, Miles Turner's offhand was on flat palm against Shaden Sharp's chest. They call that incidental contact. Um, I would call that very surprising. Uh, this one to me was more egregious than the Giannis Antetokounmpo one. Back-to-back nights, the Blazers, tough, tough calls. But but unlike the game against the Bucks, DeAndre Ayton made sure that he grabbed the rebound. Against the Bucks, DeAndre Ayton kind of fumbled the rebound, so he, even though he was the one who had it, he didn't have it in his hands, but no one else was going to get it. It was his ball, but he didn't have it. He grabbed this one, he was holding it. So when they do go to the, the monitor and say, oh, actually, a clean block, well, the Blazers get the ball back because they had that immediate possession, and they come out of the possession, and DeAndre Ayton steps on the on the uh, steps on the sideline, and they get the ball back. Ball don't lie, or something like that. Um, the ball does lie. I don't think the ball cares about the truth in that situation. And so, in a six point lead with a chance to ice it, with a a layup attempt and a dunk attempt and another possession, over. And so now it's like, uh oh, Aaron Neesmith hits a three after. What I thought was a pretty good defensive possession by the Blazers, but Neesmith hits a three. He actually ended up getting a good look, but the first little bit of that possession was pretty good defense. So now it's a three-point game with a minute 53 left. Of course, Jeremy Grant doing what he does. Delivers huge layup to give him 17 of his 34 in the fourth quarter. Blazers, uh, you know, that was that put them back up five. They built a six-point lead when Malcolm Brogdon hits a free throw. In there, though, in in between the in, in between those two possessions, there's about a minute of time in between those two possessions. Matisse Thibel throws an a just absolutely bonkers two no one behind the back turnover in a in a uh, five-point game with a minute left. What's going on here? Uh, so, but Brogdon splits a couple free throws. Blazers go up by six. Pacers get a layup, four-point game. Matisse Thibel has, they call it, the Blazers call timeout. Matisse Thibel's the inbounder, and he throws just a pass to no one. Uh, you can say DeAndre Ayton should have fought to the ball, and he absolutely should have, but the Blazers, they they get the ball with uh, you know, 30 seconds left, and just over 30 seconds left, up four, you inbound the ball, you get fouled, or you at least just burn clock um, and, and and end up, you know, give the Pacers the ball back with 10 seconds left up four, and you're going to win, right? You're going to win. But instead, they turn the ball over. Uh, Sideline out of bounds. Matisse Thibel, who's already had one bad turnover in the final minute, has another bad turnover in the final minute. I think he's got to just throw the ball to Jeremy coming to the ball quickly. It's a little bit harder pass, but he's got to trust himself. Instead, he doesn't trust it. And De- DeAndre Ayton is just kind of watching. He's just kind of like, oh, whoops, and doesn't come to the ball Matisse Thibel throws it to no one. Miles Turner gets a steal, and uh, the Pacers get a run out. Bruce Brown dunk, and all of a sudden, it's a two-point game with 28 seconds left. Dang! 
You know, you, you, you've survived so many times here. You, you, they cut it to one and Jeremy Grant responded. They get, they, they get it, you know, they get it back to three and Jeremy Grant responded. Now it's back to two. And what do you do? Well, first of all, you take Matisse Thibel out of the, out of the inbounds position. Shaden Sharp inbounds the ball. They get it to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you would, you would, uh, I understand sort of the logic here and I'll, I'll back up. This is the slowest recap in the West by, by the way, but, uh, if Brogdon inbounds the ball, there's too many bad free throw shooters to inbound the ball to. Matisse Thibel, you don't he's playing down the stretch. You don't want him shooting free throws in a foul situation. Shaden Sharp has not consistently shot free throws well in his career. It's kind of weird, but he hasn't. Um, so you don't really want to inbound the ball to him and have him do it. Um, have him be be like those are the guys who can get open. You want the ball in Brogdon's hands. He's gonna he's a he's a better free throw shooter. He's a better ball handler, better decision maker. Like I get why you want him out in the court and not passing the ball in. But the Blazers just sort of like general lack of passers really showed up, and Matisse had two two bad ones. But they get the ball into Brogdon. Pacers is a four seconds four second difference or five second difference. Pacers choose not to foul, which I think I agree with in a two point game. They had timeouts. If you get a stop, you get a chance to win the game or tie the game. Um, and the Blazers absolute super duper everyone hide in the corner ISO for Brogdon. I would have double teamed. The Blazers had four dudes that could hold hands standing in the corner. Just go run the run run another defender at him. Like they have terrible spacing. They're telling you what they want to do. They want it to be Brogdon and no one else. Um, they don't double team. Bruce Brown's a good defender. Malcolm Brogdon didn't care. Drives into the lane, pull up, you know, from the left wing, driving to his right, stop, fade, hits a little hits a little jump shot in the, in the lane. Blazers, uh, Blazers go back up by four. Pacers miss a, miss a shot at the end uh, that's you know would have cut it to one, but it was that was over when Brogdon iced it with five and a half seconds left, and that's your and the Blazers win one fourteen one ten. That's your fastest recap in the West. Yeah, that took ten minutes. <laughs> Usually I do that in like three and a half, but the game was fun down the stretch. And I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it um, and and sort of weigh in on the chaos of the final two minutes. Uh, let's talk box score and Jeremy Grant in the second segment. But first, let's talk FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. They want to give you some free bets. If you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, they want to give you they want to give you $150 in bonus bets to play with once you put in a $5 money line bet and you win. So pick any game. Pick any game. Blazers this week, they're gonna you get a you get a couple more cracks at it with Cleveland and Utah. Bet with your heart and pick the Blazers to win in either of those games. Once they do, once they get another road win. You get $150 in bonus bets to play with. So then you can bet on things like spreads, over-unders. You can live bet games. You can place futures bets on things. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it on FanDuel. Uh, not just the NBA, but all of the other sports. And the only place, the only way you're going to be able to find it is you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That way you can get your bonus bets when you win. One more time for you. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. America's number one sports book. All right, fastest recap in the West went way too long, so we're still rocking here. Here's what happened in the box score from that game for you. Jeremy Grant, as I mentioned, 17 in the fourth quarter, finished with 34 points on 12 of 18 shooting, had seven rebounds. In the fourth quarter, Jeremy Grant had 17 points and four boards. Monster, monster game to, to deliver for the Blazers. Uh, DeAndre Ayton really good in this one. Uh, 22 points and 13 boards. Only took five shots after the first quarter, but got to the free throw line. Took four free throws. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's taking 10 free throws in the last two games. Um, 
Oh my goodness. It's 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 happening. Uh Malcolm Brogdon 24.7 assists. The game to ice it. He or the shots ice it. He was solid as heck. Uh Shaden Sharp 11 points, 5 boards, 6 assists. Scoot Anderson came off the bench 13 points on 4 of 10 shooting. Uh he had 3 boards and an assist, 4 turnovers and committed 5 fouls. Um Scoot had a funny game. He took a catch and shoot 3 from the left wing for his first shot and missed it. Outrage or his second shot, he actually had a really nice mid-range pull-up at the elbow, and that's the shot I want to see him make consistently because I know he can get to that shot. Uh, but we'll see because if, if he can get to mid-range jumpers, he can start getting to the hard right-hand drives to, to to the rim, and that's what he wants to do. But he takes his second shot as a left wing three, and he misses it so bad. He missed it so bad. It was so gross. It missed the whole rim and it hit the side of the backboard opposite him. So he's on the left wing, shoots it over the rim, hits the right side of the backboard on the right side of the rim. Just just a nightmare shot. Um, And then he made two other threes in the game and they were both off the dribble. Extremely funny. He missed all of his shots in the paint, but he made some mid-rangers. You know, one was right on the edge of the paint. It's a little flick floater from the right-hand side that he, I guess he took off from outside the paint. He landed with both feet in the paint. So it depends on what you want to call it. But um, I thought Scoot was, was not like really special in this game, but come off the bench and score in double figures. That's it. Start taking baby steps. And, and Scoot has done a good job taking baby steps. I mean, the decision-making and the driving into traffic with um, without the sort of burst I thought he might have to get himself free is like a issue for another day. And um, do not look at his historically poor uh, efficiency to begin his career. Just uh, focus on the baby steps, baby steps. Uh, on the other side, for the, for the Pacers, 33 points for Tyrese Halliburton. He had 20 in the first half. Blazers kind of held him. I guess it's 13 in the second half, really holding someone in the check. That's like, that would be a 26 point game. Uh, he scored less in the second half, uh, 11 and eight for miles Turner, 11 points for Bruce Brown, nine for Obi top and nine for buddy healed 11 for Ben Matherin and seven for Aaron Neesmith. Jalen's, uh, Aaron Nemhard, Andrew Nemhard, excuse me, came in and, and, uh, closed the game. He was on the court at the end of the game. He finished with, with eight and had, a, had a couple big buckets in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, the Pacers didn't shoot well in this game. Uh, they averaged 39 three-point attempts per game. Uh, the Blazers, they only took 33 against the Blazers. You can't really, you know, the nerds will tell you, and I think Tab- Tom Haberstroh, uh, like a professional nerd, has even uh, mentioned this on the Blazers broadcast that, like, the nerds will tell you that you can't really stop a team from making threes. The thing you can do defensively is stop them from attempting threes. There's just, like... Um, there's so much variance that like, you know, you can, you, you know, it's like, you know, when you see it, when a team plays good defense, but, but like generally speaking, the sort of analytical world thinks that you can't really prevent someone from making threes. You can prevent them from take, you can prevent them from taking threes and the Blazers did. They shot six less than they normally do. And they miss some, miss some easy ones. Give them less opportunities though. They have less chances. They, they averaged 39 a game. They only took 33. They only made eight of them, 24% from three. And the other side, the Blazers eight, 18 of 20, yeah, excuse me, 9 of 18 from 3. They didn't take that many 3s, only 18. That's not enough, but they made them. They made them. 9 nine of 18 from 3. They just, they cashed in. Jeremy goes 3 of 3. Scoot Henderson, 2 of 3. Duop Reith made the only 3 he took. Uh, Shaden Sharp and, and, and Malcolm Brogdon each hit a 3. Tumani Kamara hit a 3 at the, at the buzzer of the first quarter or the first half. Like, they didn't, they weren't chucking in this game. Uh, they were driving to... Uh, they were driving into the paint and trying to get uh, paint points against a team that is does not have a lot of rim protection, particularly in the minutes Miles Turner sits. But even when Miles Turner's out there, if you can 
get him away from the rim or get him so he's just like not right there in front of you. You can you can go and uh, like get shot attempts. Blazers took forty six shots in the paint. It's a good number. Um, it's fifty, I think, is the is the sort of number I've made up for him. But like, yeah, it's good. They they this was good process against uh, a team that's not very good on defense and and shot making. You win games because you make shots. Jeremy Grant in the Blazers when the Blazers have won games the last two games. Uh, their last two wins, rather. Jeremy Grant's gone nuclear. That's the trick. Have Jeremy Grant have like a 90% effective field goal percentage and score 30 points. Simple, right? Uh, but really, it's an appreciation of, of Grant's just... He's just been hyper-efficient, right? Like, he's just been... He's exactly what you need him to be. And it's, you know, uh, in that win against Utah... 10 of 13, 5 of 6 from 3 and scored 30 points. And, and and then he comes in tonight and goes 12 of 18 from the floor, hit three threes, made all seven of his free throws and had 34 points. Like, you know, he he he, he had a huge uh, jump ball tie-up at the end of the game against uh, uh, Miles Turner. They, they gave him a block. I didn't know you got scored for a block on that. But Miles Turner drives in the lane and Jeremy Grant just cuffed it, put it right in his, put it right in his elbow and said, give me that rock. It was a tie-up and a jump ball. Blazers win the jump ball. Like it was just, he had four rebounds in the fourth quarter. It's probably an unfair formula to have Jeremy Grant have to shoot, you know, 65% from the floor and score 30 points for them to win. But he's been doing it. He's been delivering. Uh, you know, it's... He's not always going to be that, but I think when he is that, it's like real appreciation for him. I mean, he's not supposed to be this, right? Like he was supposed to be a sidekick or a third option on a team with Damian Lord, and instead he's the Blazers' best offensive player right now, um, probably their best player period right now without Anthony Simons healthy. I think um, I don't think that's controversial. Maybe it is. I don't think it's controversial, but like it's. Um, I think on this particular podcast, I have been, I've said a bunch of times that I haven't really appreciated the like aesthetics of Jeremy Grant. Like I just think his game is kind of ugly sometimes. Um, when the ball goes in, everybody looks good. And when the ball has gone in for Jeremy Grant in recent games, he's like, it's he's, um, he's a bucket. Like dude scores. Uh, I think his um, defensive impact has not been where I hoped it would be this season. It just hasn't just, he, he just, he hasn't been as good as he is as as he has been at times in his career. I think he's, um, for whatever reason, he just hasn't been. Uh, but like this offense, go give him the ball. Thirty four points, seventeen in the fourth quarter. Pacers probably should have sent two guys at him at some point, but they chose not to, and they chose not to send two guys. And Malcolm Brogdon, when the Blazers had four players camped in the corner at the end of games, it kind of just seems like that's not something they wanted to do. They wanted to stay home. Um, and say, I bet Jeremy Grant won't go 12 of 18 and score 30 points. He did. He did. That's how he lost. Um, but Jeremy Grant was great. Like, I, I I don't have a hot take other than to say, like, when a player plays like this for a week and he, he's had, he's had, a, he's had a run in him. Like he's, he's, he's had a run. Um, appreciate it. Right. Like I, I he's, you know, he had you know, four steals and, and he's made, you know, five threes against Phoenix, five threes against Utah, three threes against Milwaukee, three threes against tonight. He's making his shots. He had four threes the other night against against the Lakers. Like he's he's making he's making long range jumpers. He's taking less terrible mid like ISO mid range. And when he is getting into the the uh, sort of that ISO moments, he's getting himself to the free throw line. He's um, he's just play, he's just he's just been good on offense. He's been good, and I um um. I want to give him his propers where they're due. Um, you know, real quick, DeAndre Ayton, I thought, was really good early in this game. And the Blazers, they just leave so much meat on the bone with DA. Some of it is his fault. 
Um, he's just not a good screener, and it's really hard to run good pick and rolls with someone who isn't a good screener. He just doesn't make contact, and when he does make contact, he doesn't roll hard. So he'll he'll let a guy you know fight over him, and you don't necessarily need to hit incredibly hard Steven Adams screens every time. But you kind of need it. Like the screen needs to be something to navigate, and it's not always that with DA, and that's a him problem. And then sometimes he'll hit a screen, get a switch, and the Blazers will just look him off. They'll just say, ah, I can't get it to you. Or, oh, let's do something else. Uh, they had one late in the fourth quarter where he gets a switch with Nemhard on his back, and he's, he's open basically the entire possession. And um, it ends with Jeremy Grant hitting a three. But it's like, that's bad. <laughs> like you gotta get, you gotta give it to him. It's just with Da, there's uh, there just seems to be a lot of meat left on the bone. Whether it's his teammates not getting him the ball or him not working hard to get to like make it easier for him. Um, he had a rolling in this game. He's a smooth operator. Um, he's uh, his game when it's rolling looks easy because he has such a fluid looking jump shot and he gets into it so quickly and he has such great touch. He's like the rim doesn't move. Like he makes it look easy when he gets it rolling. But I think the hard stuff, um, both like just like him fighting for hard position and the Blazers like really looking for him and making a point of it, it doesn't stay there the whole game. Uh, and 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 even with that, he had 22 and 13. Like this was one of his best games of the year. I thought it was really good. I thought he played really well against the Bucks. Um, like just physically played really well. If he's getting to the free throw line and he's going to shoot, you know, four plus free throws a night, that would be a career high for him. You got to celebrate him. I thought Da was good. And and um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon was. Uh, people were a little frustrated I saw online about Malcolm Brogdon kind of hijacking the Blazers' late game offense. And I talked about it on the show yesterday that it's like at some point he's just like. It has to be that way because the of the roster. Like you wish it was different, but um, you know this. How many dudes can dribble and run a real pick and roll? How many guys can pass off the dribble and make plays for others? And when you, everyone else needs to be set up, it leaves Malcolm Brogdon with a lot, a lot of creation responsibility. And that's not who he is at his core. He's someone who looks to score. Um, so he's just been, he's put in a weird spot and he's kind of playing to his character sometimes. And people are like, he shoots too much. I mean, that's like who he is, right? Like that's kind of who he is. Um but I thought in this game, you know, he, again, he wasn't hyper efficient and, and, and nine of 20 from from the floor, but made plays when they needed to him, needed him to hit, hit a big bucket down the stretch. And he's just he's a he's a solid presence. And this is like the young vets, right? The Blazers are going to win behind these guys, Grant and D.A. and Malcolm Brogdon, because the young players sharp has been up and down. Tamani Kamara just doesn't have it right now on offense. Um, and Scoot Henderson is a long way away. It's like um the young vets are going to take them there, and and in a game like this, that's who delivered. Let's talk a little bit about identity for the Blazers. Um, I think um, you're starting to see who they want to be. You're not always seeing what they. You're sometimes not seeing it like fully formed, but you're starting to see who they want to be. Let's let's talk a little about that to close the show. But first, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play Prize Picks on my phone. But uh, you can play it online if you want and go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. And while you're there, use the pro- the promo code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Here's how PrizePix works. They got sports. You look at the, the uh, whatever sport you want to play. For me, it's the NBA. It's what I'm most comfortable with. So I go to the NBA tab on the app. And then it's just projections that PrizePix sets, their stat projections, and my brain. That's all. No sharks, no uh, no field, no nothing. Just you versus prize picks projections. You pick more or less than their projections. So it's things like blocks, points, rebounds, assists, steals, um, and 
Once you win, you get your money quickly. And right now, they want to give you some free cash. So go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. You'll get a first deposit match up to $100. They're matching you dollar for dollar on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. But you got to go to prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA and use that code LOCKEDONNBA. Still a pass versus point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Portland, as we sit here, is 5-12. and 12. 17 games into the season, and the, the sort of 20-game mark that people like to say, people like me, like me for sure, but people like me like to say, okay, now it's real. Now they've played enough games that it's real. We're creeping up towards it, right? We're creeping up towards the no longer you can just throw stuff out a small sample size. You can kind of say, like, this is, you know, we're getting a feel for who they are. And so next week, this time next week, they'll have played 20 basketball games. Actually, I think they're going to play on Tuesday. So, but they might play Monday. But either this time next week or 24 hours after that, they'll, you know, like they'll have played 20 games and it'll be real, right? We'll be able to say, okay, this is real. But I, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that this is what we've seen from them is kind of who they're going to be. They're flawed. They're the worst offensive team in the NBA, and when they've won recently, it's because Jeremy Grant's gone nuclear. That's not a winning formula. (laughs) You can't do that every night. I guess you could do it once a week, it seems like, um, because JG's been really good, but like that's that's not a winning formula. Um, You know, I think they were better execution-wise against the Pacers, but some of that's just the Pacers are worse on defense. So the same stuff you're trying to do against other teams just works because they don't keep the ball in front as well and they don't um, and, and they let you get to the rim. Like when the Blazers have won their last two games, they've played the worst two defenses in the league, Utah and Indiana. Can they score against like decent defenses? Well, Milwaukee's a not decent defense and the Blazers couldn't score at all against them in the second half after a monster first half. They're flawed, right? And because of, of, of lack of skill set and lack of creativity from the coaching staff, their offense can look really boring. Um, I think it has probably a little more to do with sort of their overall talent level. But like um, in terms of like, here's what they want to do on offense. It's not always clear, but I thought they were sharper against Indiana. I thought what I, what I, one of the things I liked that they did was they split the floor. So it was either Brogdon or Grant operating up top. And one of them was on the opposite wing, one pass away. So if you're going to help to the, like show help to the middle of the court to prevent a pick and roll, you have, you know, their Blazers, other best creator, other best score, other best offensive player, one pass away. And in the corners, it's Thibel and, and Shaden Sharp, who are good cutters out of the corners and, and will shoot it if they get it. Um, I, you know, that kind of sort of simple stuff starts to look a little bit better. And if they continue to do that, you're starting to, you know, check some boxes. But the offense are good. It's going to be bad all year. I think that's safe. I believe I identified maybe four games in the season that shooting was going to be an issue. And folks, it's an issue. And yet, 50% from three tonight. That's who they're going to be on offense. But the identity comes on the other side of the floor. And it comes from, in some ways, because the offense is bad. The way that they've stayed in games is that they're just pesky and plucky and tough. And that they just don't, they don't get cheated. Sometimes they get beat. Sometimes they give up, you know, sometimes they shoot 28% from the floor and blow a 26-point lead in the final 31 minutes of a game. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that'll, that'll happen. Um, but 
you know, uh, excuse me, 21 minutes of that game. They blew, they blew that lead. Uh, but like, it's, they are, they stay in games and they were in this Pacers game because they're, because they're just tough. Um, the Pacers play incredibly fast and the Blazers were able to impose their will a little bit on this game. They were able to play at their speed. They were, play, they were able to ugly it up and play at their, you know, at their preferred pace. Early on, the first, you know, four minutes of the game, the Pacers were flying and getting easy buckets in transition. And they even showed a clip on the broadcast in which the Pacers got a, a, a basket like three seconds in the shot clock. And, and Chauncey Bill was like turning around looking at the crowd like, ooh. Uh-oh. Like, it's going to be like that. Like, track... They're going to, like, boat race us, right? It's going to be a track meet. But, you know, they, they didn't give up a... They didn't give up crazy transition numbers. Like, they they, they didn't get... Um, they didn't get walloped. Pacers had nine fast break points. Um, like, this was... this The Blazers were able to put their stamp on this game. They were able to play their style. And it's not always going to work that way because sometimes the offense just won't cooperate and sometimes really good offenses and the Pacers are to be clear are really good offense are just going to make it brutal on you. Right. And you're just going to, you're going to get God. But I think for now, and I think this is going to hold up for a lot of the season is that the Blazers are just tough enough to hang in games right now. According to NBA.com, the Blazers are 15th in defense. Uh, that's after, uh, their game, but not after all the games have finished as I'm recording that on Monday night, so they might drop a little bit. But hovering right below below average is, is what I think they're going to be, hovering right below that 15 mark. Like, I think they're going to be in that middle to bottom third, depending on, you know, what how things get. But I, I think sl- a slightly below average defense is what they're going to be all year. And that might not seem like a compliment, but from where they've been the last four years, to be a slightly below average to average defense is a massive leap after four straight seasons with a bottom five defense in the league. And having an average defense and the ability to have someone like Jeremy Grant get hot and someone like Malcolm Brogdon, and when they have Anthony Simons back, Malcolm Brogdon maybe coming off the bench and like propping up a bench unit, like and Scoot Henderson figuring it out and Shane Sharp like regaining a groove he's he's struggled of late. Um, you know, it's they have a chance every night to be competitive. They're still going to lose more games than they win. A lot more games probably, right? They're going to lose 50 of them or something. (laughs) And I think that's fine. But what you want to see is a team that kind of can, can stay in, can stay in it and doesn't get washed out and doesn't like have these games where it's like, well, see ya. And they've only had a couple this year where it's like the middle of the second quarter and you're like, uh-oh. You know, even even early on, the games they lost, when the, you know, the game they lost to get Philly by like 30. It's like, it wasn't until that third quarter the game got away from them. The game against OKC, they got walloped, right? But for the most part, even when they've lost, they've been within shouting distance and not getting just run out of the gym. Even if they're down 11 or 15 the whole game or, you know, 9 to nine to 13 the whole game. It's like, they're they're they're... They're plucky. They're pesky. They don't. They stick around, and you can appreciate that, or I can appreciate that. I don't know if everyone can appreciate a team that mostly loses but kind of keeps it close. But in a season where I have sort of said it's going to be important to hold on to your joy with this group, I always say that. But it's important, particularly with just like a bad team. It's like they beat the Pacers. They played pretty well. Jeremy Grant's playing great. Malcolm Brogdon is totally functional. DeAndre Ayton's playing his best basketball of this of the season this week as we get as we move forward, you know, 15 plus games. It took him 15, maybe 15 games to get it, but he's playing his best basketball over the last couple of games. 
And this team is going to be, most nights they're going to be in the fight. They're going to drag you into at least watching the second half because they're tough. And I think a toughness you can appreciate. So if you are able and you find joy in it, even in the losses, hold on to it because uh, that is the best we got. And sometimes life doesn't offer you much. So hold on to the joy that you have. That is going to do it for today's show. Come back for tomorrow. We do it again five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.